welcome to the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast, a podcast for busy writers who want to cut through the fluff with exact strategies for launching their author career. I'm Katie McCoach, your book coach, guide, unqualified therapist, and cheerleader. Since 2012, I've helped hundreds of writers become authors, gain confidence, and grow their best stories yet. Let's do the same for you. This is the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast. Hello, writer, and welcome to another episode of the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast. Today, I have with me a special guest that is part of our author interview series. So please welcome author J.H. Lying. J.H. Lying is the author of the Tether Souls series. The first book is Bound, and the second book, which just released in March of uh, 2023, is Unraveled. Yeah. Jill? <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here too, Katie. So today I'm going to talk to Jill about different things such as her process of getting her starting writing her career, as well as her publishing path, how she published her books, and um, a little more about some of the things that have really impacted her career up to this point. So Jill, first of all, (laughs) tell me a little bit about these books really quick. I want to know, because this is, so you have a two series um, or one series, two books. Correct. And um, this is a vampire soulmates novel is what your Amazon description says. So tell me a little bit about these books. Sure. Great. Um, So I started writing Bound, my first book in 2010, and it came to me in a dream actually. So it was this, you know, dark, figure of a man in a corner of a room at this mansion where, um, you know, folks were partying and playing pool. And this one character, the, the female Amber, um, is playing pool and he's just, he's eyeing her. She feels it. And then she follows him out of the room. So I took (laughs) that and I turned it into a vampire novel and really what, um, what themes came out of those, uh, those two novels as I was writing is I realized that, you know, I like to write about women who are going through this uh, conflict, I guess, of desire to be independent, but also uh, uh, learning or desire to, to have a mate. So, um, Mm. and so the Amber is, I I've written her to be this independent woman who is sexually empowered this is an adult paranormal romantic suspense, by the way. <laughs> right. um, so uh, sexually empowered and, and really uh, striving to maintain her independence in this relationship with this absolutely, you know, she can't deny it, soulmate connection with this vampire. And his name is Gabe. So the, the bound one is the start of their romantic um you know, where their romantic uh, encounter where he he's met her many times before. And unfortunately, his maker has killed her multiple times. And so what his goal is, is Mm -hmm. he wants freedom from his maker. And he needs Amber to become a vampire and unite with him so that he can have freedom from his maker. 
The only other way he can have freedom from his maker is if his maker releases him, which he will never do because he's okay. too, you know, narcissistic and he really yeah. likes Gabe for some reason. And so he uses Gabe and likes <laughs> to mess around with Gabe a lot. So, um, and Amber, you know, she doesn't realize, you know, she's, she's in book one, she's falling into this new world that she, uh, had no, had no idea. She's not, uh, she knew about spirituality and she knew about spiritual realms because her grandmother is a psychic medium. Um, so that is not new to her. And so this idea of Gabe being something more is not a scary notion to her, but it's, it's how it all comes about and how she finally gives into this, um, love interest, which she had been fighting against and resisting her whole life because she's be- she feels she's better off free and she likes to live carefree. Um, and then in book two, it's the continuation actually. So spoiler alert, um, <laughs> she actually does become a vampire, but it, in doing so she did it on her own terms. And that creates this, I guess, butterfly effect of all of these different things happening to her you know, where she thought she was taking action and having choice. And then she Mm -hmm. contemplates whether or not she actually had a choice and whether or not she'll ever gain freedom in this new life. Um, And, and, and the main, um, the main uh, difference, I think, you know, when I think about how my stories are different is her soul, the the vampire souls can talk to them. And so she didn't hear her soul in book one, but now that she's a vampire, she meets her soul because her soul is outside of her and she has a choice to make. She has to decide as a vampire, is she going to call her soul back or is she going to release it? And there are consequences in doing so uh, if she releases her soul forever. I love that. That's so fascinating. I have such a neat idea and play on immortality. And also, you know, a lot of times in a lot of vampire stories it is so much about like good and evil but in this case you're really saying like you you couldn't take your soul with you or you can embrace who you are without it but who are you without your soul right and she's making that choice um which is an interesting um play on the idea of book one being called bound mm-hmm. and it's about her and this other this guy being bound together but mm-hmm. then really you know, it's interesting that in book two, you're kind of, it's playing on it in a different way of who's bound to who. Exactly. What does that mean? Yeah. And so book I like, is, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I like what you're pointing out there because actually it's interesting when I think about bound in book one in the title, you know, he's bound to his maker. Mm-hmm. She's bound to no one, but now she's bound to him as mm-hmm. through the soulmate connection and so there's that, that there's, there's a lot going on there, I think, when it comes to bound. Yeah. Um, and then in book two, she's unraveling. She's, yeah. she's, you know, addicted to blood. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's this, this whole, <laughs> uh, you know, temptation, the duality of human nature coming to yeah. play. And, um, and that. also, you know, figuring out that, again, yes, she is bound now to uh, a maker. Um, and she has a choice to make. Is she going to stay bound to her soulmate or not? If she releases her soul, well, that'll be the end of that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting too. Yeah. If you release your soul, you have a soulmate. Mm-hmm. Are you meant to be with that person? Is right. there anything left? 
Right. Uh, between the two. That's really great. And so, yeah, so book two is called Unraveled mm-hmm. and that you just released that. So the, so as we're talking, we're middle April. You literally just released this book last yes. month. I did. That's awesome. It is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the book covers are gorgeous. Um, absolutely gorgeous. I really love both of them. Honestly, they're both really a, beautiful. A shout out to Brandy. Yeah. Um, McCann Duane, she's the one who, um, who did these covers for me and I'm probably butchering her last name, but anyhow, I can always give you the contact information and you can post it, Katie. Um, she, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to share it in the, uh, episode notes. She did an amazing job on both of them. I'm really pleased with the covers. Yes. Yeah. And covers may, they make a huge difference. Um, and okay. And then real quick. So book two is currently on a promotion right now. Is that correct. right? For yes. Kindle is 99 cents. That is correct. On Amazon Kindle. Correct. Mm-hmm. It is 99 cents until April 23rd. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're listening to this and the episode just came out, then you're going to want to jump on that. If you're listening a little later, it's still going to be worth buying the book. Um, I will say I've read the book and it's very good. So <laughs> I am very glad to see that it's out. And, um, I will also be putting the link in the show notes when we are done this episode. So I'm really curious because, you know, you went down from what I know, and I want to definitely talk to you more about this, but you kind of went down a path on getting this book published that I would say maybe I haven't really heard as much like the, uh, from what I know, let me, and correct me if I'm wrong. You are a self-published author, but you used another publishing company to help get this book out. Is that right? Correct. It's a hybrid publishing model. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's so interesting because when I first started my journey in 2009, I thought I'm only going to do traditional. I have to do traditional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I laugh about it now because I really like the freedom of being an indie author, um, And I think also part of it is just, you know, just not the fear of the unknown and not really knowing what your options Mm -hmm. are. And I want to say probably back in 2018, I went to a conference in San Diego and they were giving us the, like, I went to a specific talk and it was talking about the traditional versus the hybrid versus Mm -hmm. the indie author experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when my eyes were opened and I just started getting a little bit more curious about what my paths were. But the reality is, is that um, I was introduced to this program and it's called Manuscripts Now, but it's actually the Creator Institute run by Eric Custer. And um, a friend of mine told me about it. And, you know, I was right at, um, so my, my, let me, let me back up a little bit. When I started writing and getting serious about wanting to publish, it was around the time of the pandemic. So in 2019, I decided Mm -hmm. I want to get serious. And then I started taking a class in 2020 with Writer's Digest to actually get 50,000 words down. So I took a class online um, and I got 50,000 words down. So when I uh, finished that, I was like, what am I going to do next? How am I going to how am I going to proceed? Cause I had no idea how to self-publish. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. And that's when my friend said, Hey, by the way, I'm joining this group, which again is the creator Institute now manuscripts. And, um, they walk 
you through the whole process. Um, there's two oh, parts nice. to it. And okay. it's all about educating you on how to uh, self-promote, how to run an indie campaign um, or a, like a GoFundMe campaign, but we used Indiegogo. Um, and then it teaches you, they, they provide you with a developmental editor. So I was oh, lucky because yeah. I came in with 50,000 words, but most people will come in with nothing. So, you know, oh, boy. It, yeah, yeah, it accepts, they accept every type of yeah. uh, you know, nonfiction or fiction writer and wherever you're at. But with having 50,000 words, it really helped me, I think, because the developmental editing was very rich. And so mm -hmm. I was able to then decide once you finish their program, they are partnered with New Degree Press, which is a hybrid publishing print. Um, okay. And so you get to keep all your rights. They don't keep any of the rights and they just okay. provide you That's with important. all the resources, you know, the, um, mar the marketing piece, the um, layout, the copy editing, um, a revisions editor. I mean, it's just such a wonderful program for somebody who has no idea what they're doing and exactly. is like me, a procrastinator and somebody who's often <laughs> scared to take a leap forward. And mm -hmm. I need accountability. That's what they offered me. You know, they offered me accountability. They offered me structure, which I'm not very good at planning and structure sometimes when it comes to these types of big picture, you know, uh, career transitions. So <laughs> it was great. I mean, I, it, I don't know if there are any other questions you have specifically about it, but it's, I think it's a wonderful model. Um, but you do, you do have to self-fund, right? That's one of the differences between traditional. Right. Um, and so they offset the cost by helping you learn how to run a, uh, a campaign to launch That's yourself as an author. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I've heard of some authors, attempting to do some sort of GoFundMe like that. Um, I did not know that that is something. So did you end up doing it? Oh, I did. And it Running was so scary. And, yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's mostly, yeah. okay, tell me, this is why I would assume it's scary because you're asking people like, hey, yes. this is my passion. Yes. Will you support me? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that's a lot. And then people are going to expect yeah. to see it. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, well, for actually for me, one thing that um, your listeners might find interesting is I was I was writing in the closet for a very long time because I was mm -hmm. in higher education. And so I didn't want okay. people to know that I was a romance yeah. writer in higher education. Um, okay. I had this I just hadn't fully accepted my whole self and coming out as a romance writer. I just thought, I don't know, I had all of these notions in my mind that, you know, people wouldn't accept me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then I finally realized, uh, you know, I actually had a, a coach, uh, not a writing coach, but a personal and a professional coach. And I started uh -oh. realizing that it's, it's a decision I would have to make, you know, we all have to make decisions as to whether or not we want to come uh -huh. out as I do have a pen name, JH line, but right. I have, you know, I'm not hiding who I am anymore as a writer. Mm -hmm. So, um, my point about that is, you know, I came out as a writer mm -hmm. at the same time. I'm yeah. also asking people to support me and I did yeah. get a lot of support and I was very grateful, but I think one of the hardest things about asking for money for me is that it's, it's out of my comfort zone. I can, mm -hmm. I can promote everybody else with no problem. <laughs> and I can ask money all day long for, you know, supporting student success or supporting students mm -hmm. or, you know, but when it came to asking for people to support me, it was yeah. an uncomfortable experience, but I'm glad I went through it. 
And I went through it twice <laughs> because wow. I did okay. book two. I pushed myself out of my comfort zone again. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, I, it's not so scary anymore. And I'm glad that I did what yeah. I did. But, you know, it was a hard process for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I bet that really set you up. So as you pushed through and did all this, it it had a different feel to it because you had already put it out in the universe. Like yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. And so it probably was you're, I'm very similar to you in that. Like I need structure. I also accountability. And so in a way this created accountability because you it said did. I'm doing this yes. and then you had to do it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't an option not to. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, there's no going yeah. back. And so <laughs> that's, that is really interesting. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that it worked for you too. And that you, you were able to get some of that support. Yeah. And, um, did you do anything like you provided people with a book at the end if they donated? Oh yes. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Um, the whole campaign, we laid it out, uh, you know, however we felt best and you know, whatever, uh, they, they provided guidance. So for example, you know, yeah. you would get a signed copy if you bought it at you know, $39, you would get an ebook if you Mm. bought it at $15. And also uh, you create an author community out of it. So they become part of the author community. Uh, They they find out about things sooner. Um, They get to weigh in on your cover and your blurb. Oh, fun. There's, there's a lot of fun. You build it up so that um, you make people feel like they're part of the journey with you, which is exactly what I need and wanted. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lonely journey as a writer. Yeah. Um, and uh, mostly, That's you know, it is sweet. friends and, and family that support you in the beginning. Right. But as time goes on and you start building a following, more people start yeah. um, start joining joining in and supporting you as uh, actual readers of the romance genre. So That's really neat. And I yeah. love that feel of, it's like you've created like a little community mm-hmm. of like, and we all want our fans. The ideal in for many writers is to know that we have fans who actually care what we're writing, right? Yes. That's, that's, we want to share it and we want it to move someone. But to be able to, it sounds fun to be a fan of yours because you get to be part of your journey. So if mm-hmm. I am one of your people in this community, I get to be part of where you go, which is, that seems so cool. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah, I like the idea, you know, when you talk about community, Katie, one of the things that I think is important is it can be very, you know, challenging and devastating to feel like you don't have your audience. But if you have friends and family that are supporting you, you know, it's, you know, oftentimes, you know, you you have to have this like internal drive and power, right, to push yourself forward, but it really does help to have a community. And so I'm so grateful that I learned through that yeah. program I went through that it's, it's a, it's a mind shift change that people do right. want to support you. You know, they may not be able to support yes, you financially, true. but a lot of times yeah. they're telling their friends about you or they're promoting yeah. you on social, or they're just engaging with you on social. And, you know, sometimes a little bit of prayer into the universe for me, whatever, yeah. whatever the community yeah. can provide. I think, um, I think it's so important that authors find community and community can be in a variety of different ways and they have to figure out which community fits best for them when they need it. Um, and I've been doing that since my writing journey, I actually started writing in 2009 and I joined a class at Columbia university because 
I needed, I needed community and I wanted to learn a little Mm -hmm. bit more about how to become a, you know, a writer and a better writer. And from there I started, um, when we moved, I looked for, you know, I, I went on meetup.com and I looked for a writing yeah, yeah. in Pennsylvania because that's where we had moved to. And oh, I started okay. going to Saturday sessions for a critique group just so that I could keep the momentum yep. going. Right. Yeah. And, and I've done that along the way. I've, I've just mm-hmm. continued to look for using meetup.com, using um, professional associations, you know, conferences, just to try to build yep. community to continue to spur the momentum forward. That's amazing. And it's funny because I've done the same a lot over the years. And um, it it really makes a huge difference, even if it's something really small. It's just Mm -hmm. people who understand what you're doing. So in that vein, you know, it sounds like community has been a huge help, but there was a time where you we're writing in the closet, you said. Oh, and yeah. then in 2018 is when that's from what I heard, that sounds mm-hmm. like that's when you kind of stepped out and you were like, okay, I think I'm going to own this. Yeah. Um. So tell me between the stuff that you had done before, maybe mm-hmm. some of the community built versus what, what was different later on when you maybe made that shift and you said, I'm actually I'm going to finish this book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to conferences. What was the point? Was there a point where you mm-hmm. felt like I had to step up my community outreach or participation? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. Um, yes, I definitely think so. Um, I think I finally realized that I needed to commit. You know, it, it was all yes. about commitment. Um, okay. Because I had, when I started writing in 2009, I had just graduated um, with my master's degree and was trying in applied linguistics and ESL. So I was teaching English in New York okay. and I was trying to figure out what do I really want to do? You know, I got this degree, I started teaching English and then I realized I was like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to go down this path as an ESL mm-hmm. teacher for the rest of my life. So, mm-hmm. um, I was in a career shift transition. I had my first son in 2011. I thought, okay, this is a good time to start the writing, you know, mm. career seri- more seriously, and I couldn't do it. And I mm. couldn't do it because I lacked the community, the know-how and the commitment. You know, mm-hmm. I was so overwhelmed yeah. with being a, you know, a stay-at-home mom at the time and <sighs> trying to figure out how do you make money? How do I do mm. this? Thing? And I was so exhausted, you know, when you first have your first child, you're just exhausted all the time. I was like, how am I going to make this happen? So actually what I ended up doing was I continued writing on the side and I got a full-time job. So I I continued that path of having a full-time job because it was stable. And I thought that's what I needed. And then I started Mm. really growing in my, you know, higher education career as a, you know, Mm. assistant director, associate director, onto like director. And I realized, you know, I had to, I just didn't have enough time to put to raising a family and writing. And so writing always was second. But I think what happened to me uh, was really that pivotal moment was when I realized that um, through coaching, that I had other Mm -hmm. things I wanted to accomplish. And my kids were then getting old enough, right? I can't remember how old my daughter was at the time. She might've been three or four they were finally getting old enough where it was, I wanted to spend more time writing. So I did that at mm-hmm. night, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when they went to sleep. 
And, and you can um, count on them sleeping. <laughs> yes, exactly. And everybody else was quiet, right? Email was right. quiet, like work was, yeah. nobody was bothering you, no no doctor's appointments to set, all that mm. stuff. Um, and so I think that was my pivotal moment, was finally feeling, and also the, I have to say this, because I worked in a very close-knit community in my job, I was working at mm. Cal State San Marcos, and I had this wonderful community of executives I was working with who were doing amazing things, volunteering their time with the students and the power of community there prompted me to seek out community in my writing again. Like it was just, it just flew together. Like I started slowly talking to people at work about my writing. Mm -hmm. I started coming Mm -hmm. out of the closet (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I started sharing a little bit more. And it all kind of just started coming together. Because I think it was that at that point when I saw community really helps, I like a reminder was like, I knew community Mm -hmm. helped. But it was this understanding that I needed now, not just community, but I needed um, guidance, right going to conferences, finding the classes, Mm -hmm. those types of things. I think that's when it really hit me. So I think for a lot of people, I'm, I'm so in awe of moms who have little kids and they still do all of these things and they make it happen. <laughs> but, you know, again, I started in 2009 and my first book was published in 2022. So, you know, I am really proud of where I've come from and, and yeah. how I've gotten here, but it hasn't yeah. been an easy journey. Yeah, I totally hear that. And But your journey is not dissimilar to other writers. There are a lot of writers who they'll, when they, they do reach this point where they finally say, I think I want to do something with this, mm-hmm. but they'll say, you know, actually I've been writing for a long time, or I've been yeah. working on this book for a really long time, or it's yeah. lived in my head for years. Mm-hmm. And then there is some, something we, that happens to us. For me, I would say that parenthood has change my perspective, right? Mm. When you have a kid, you probably recognize too, something shifts because now you're not just doing everything for you. Actually, everything becomes less about you. And you're like, okay, but I need me. Where is me (laughs) in this? Absolutely. I need me so bad. So I think that writing a lot of times for so many of us, that's a place Mm. where that we're not doing it for anyone but us to start with. Yep. Eventually, that kind of sorts to shift again. But mm-hmm. when we come into it and we're writing the story, we're the ones we're writing it for. We're the ones who want to see the story. Yes. Now, something else that I you mentioned and that I feel like wraps up in this idea, though, of community is you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I personally believe that it depends on who you wrap yourself around. Good so. You yes. could have a community where I had like a critique group for years too when I moved to LA and it was yes. great, yes. but there got to be a point where it wasn't, I might not be putting in everything I could have, but also I wasn't sure that it was the place that would support me for everything I needed. Yes. So then yes. I needed to find the groups that would, right? Yes. So tell yes. me. The development of your community, what were were you surrounded by people who you saw doing it? Yeah. So and did I that loved, make a difference? Yes, that's exactly you're making such good points right now. So um, so when I when I was talking about, you know, like I, I've always stayed in community and I I kept to going to the critique groups like you, you know, I mentioned with Meetup in Pennsylvania. And then when yeah. I moved to California, I actually um 
I don't think I, I started my own little community and then I found yeah. a writer's group. So that's what the funny thing is. I realized by working at Cal State San Marcos that I didn't have the writing community I needed. I had community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was speaking to a, a colleague who wrote a book um, and, and he spurred interest in, I was like, oh, if he can do it, I'm like, well, maybe I can do it. Right. Like it, it and then I talked yeah. to another colleague, um, you know, and, and he said, oh, I, I just wrote a book and I was like, wow, you know, yeah. if he could do it. And then he would ask me some really good questions. And I think that's, I think the more you're open to talking to people about it, it helps yeah. you kind of realize that there are other people doing it too. And that's when yeah. I realized that I needed specific types of help. So for example, I yeah. joined a writing group through meetup.com, okay. but it wasn't a critique group. It was more of a okay. work group and support each other, you know, positively. Mm. And that was oh, awesome like that. for a little, yeah, it was awesome for a little while because people would point out what they liked about your piece. Yes. That's and so every, important the, sometimes. Yeah, it really is because it's, you know. <laughs> Builds you, your foundation, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was a great group to join, but I realized I needed more. And so going mm-hmm. back to you, finally, you, you sometimes make decisions based on where you're at. And I knew if I needed, I needed a mm-hmm. critique group, I needed help, which is why I went to mm-hmm. that writer's digest class. Mm-hmm. But I actually found that the class that I chose wasn't community enough for me, because it was really just okay. working with the person who was writing. Right. So that's why when this uh, creators Institute opportunity opened up, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is exactly what I needed. Because yeah. it was writers like me, who were writing their book for the first time, going on this journey together. And it was so yes. perfect. And after I joined that group, I realized I also needed to join the, you know, romance writers group. So I found the local oh, San Diego yes. chapter. And now we're mm-hmm. SoCal romance writers. So that's a different type of community because they meet monthly, you know, and so we were re- meeting virtually. And now we're meeting in person again. But you know, you've got quite a group yeah. because some people are already profoundly published and some yeah. of us are just starting out and we're all about right. romance. So that's like, you know, they bring people and authors and topics that yes. really help in a wide variety of ways. And then I found you because a oh. colleague of mine <laughs> recommended you to me. And so, you know, you're okay. All, I, I decided I, when I heard about your, you know, author growth corner, um, I really wanted to have another avenue of meeting other writers but also getting that Mm -hmm. critique component and when you Mm. when you did group critique sessions I was learning alongside of them because wow I was so impressed with their writing and then I was hearing from your perspective how they could make it better and so Mm. you know I think we just have to the hardest part is getting started and I think sometimes we just need to jump in and I think that's what I did when I joined that writing group which was just fluffy Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It, 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 I needed that because I needed. I'm glad you found that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people end up joining a critique group that backfires. Yeah, which is yes. um a lot of why I actually started the Author Growth Corner and provided those critique sessions because I know so many people are intimidated by joining mm-hmm. critique groups, yeah. and sometimes they end up in a group where, say, it's people who are writing so many different things. You know, you found by being part of a group of romance writers, okay, well, now we're all helping each other write romance and we know what's involved in romance. Mm -hmm. If you join sometimes a group that doesn't have 
that everyone's writing something different. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're the feedback you get is not going to benefit you. Um, and then you're, you know, so that, and that can also, that can backfire. So it's amazing that you ended up finding a group early on that was like all about positivity because that is one of the hardest things people struggle to find, I think in critique groups. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. There were a lot of people that said I went to a critique group and it was really discouraging and, you know, I felt terrible for them because I had been in some really good critique groups Um, when I was in Pennsylvania, as I mentioned, that was one that was particularly great. Um, And I felt Mm. bad to hear that because I thought, what kind of critique group did they find themselves in? Um, You know, but yeah, (laughs) they can totally backfire. And so anyhow, yeah, Yeah. I think it's just, it's a journey and you've got to get started and you got to jump in. And, and I think you do need to surround yourself with people who are, who are like you to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you joined some several different groups. Now it was early. It was like September of 2022 when you joined Author Growth Corner with me. Mm, yes. And you're part of the, what I'm going to call is the beta pro- launch of the program. Mm-hmm. So you and several others were part of my like tester group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had, we have such a good group um, of amazing writers. Definitely. One of the things that I always found that was interesting, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts is these are writers who were, I would say they have one thing in common they will be a published author. Mm-hmm. Now, in your case, you already had been once over and you were mm-hmm. in the process of book two. Yeah. So we already, you already knew I'm on that path. Yeah. Some are in the middle of the path. Some have also published multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of variety, but it was all, we're going to grow to be the best version of us being an author we can be. Yeah. That's what I like to think that that's what everyone was there for. Um, That was my goal. And now did you find that being around people, you know, you had some who are maybe technically, I guess if we're talking levels, some were under where you were and then somewhere above where you were. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you find that that was like a nice balance? Like, because you were in a place of sometimes you knew more and then sometimes other people knew more. Yeah, I think I find that with the with the author growth corner, as well as with the, you know, SoCal uh, romance writers, you know, I like being a resource. Now I can be a resource to other people. And, you know, the funny thing is, Katie, is a lot of people don't hybrid publish. They don't know about that. Yeah, Um, I know. Or they know about it or they're afraid of it. Um, because right. who doesn't want to get an advance and actually get paid for their writing in advance, right? <laughs> but right. what I've learned is traditional publishers, they want you to have a following in advance. Mm-hmm. They're not doing the marketing for you anymore. Or if they are, yes. they're only doing yep. it once you have the following. So there's lots of limitations now to traditional publishing because they are changing their business model. So, um, and I'm following people like, you know, Joanna Penn create from the creative pen. Yes. She's amazing. And she teaches all about, yes. you know, and Jane Friedman, they teach all about, you know, the business side of being an author. And so yes. that's where I feel like, uh, authors need to kind of understand that there's two sides. So going back to your question yes. regarding the different levels, I yeah. like it. You know, I, I don't know if at some point I'll outgrow certain groups. I think at some right. point, sometimes we do, right. we just, we move we on do. and that, yeah. that actually it's happened. actually part of it. Yeah. That actually is happening with me right now with the, the creator Institute manuscripts group yeah. where I've outgrown it because their model is really helping you launch. And I did the second right. book with them because 
at that time, I still had a full-time job and I needed accountability mm. to get that second book done. And right. I wanted the community. I wanted to stay a part of it, but I yeah. realized that um, I have outgrown, not the community, but yeah. I've outgrown the model. And so I think I need to speed yeah. things up on my author career. So I think, right. um, you know, it's, it's never a bad thing to have people starting out, but the conversations do change as you grow. And I did find yes, that some do. of the sessions that I was going to with manuscripts, as I've gotten more mature in yeah. my business side of things that I was like, oh, okay, that's a great reminder but I actually need to talk about this. So let me go to a different community. And I think that's how I found Mm -hmm. myself in your community. So I don't Mm -hmm. think that, um, I don't think it's bad to have different folks Mm -mm. um, because I think oftentimes I'm even seeing it in the SoCal romance writers, the topics that are coming, like, for example, we just had a speaker. She's amazing. Jennifer Thompson from Monkey See Media. I think that's what it is. Monkey See Media. Okay. Um, That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, she, uh, she came in and talked to us about our bio and mm-hmm. our branding. And I've seen her talk before, mind you, like three or four years ago, I learned so many new things, probably because I have a new lens on, but yeah, also she presented exactly. it in a different way. And I yeah. was like, wow. So again, everyone in the room yeah. from the most published to the haven't published yet, we were all like, oh, wow. So that that just answers, I think hopefully answers your question that I don't think it's, I think I've learned a lot from other people, what, no matter where they are in there. And I think the people that are at the top also learn from us. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, I'm learning every day. I'm learning something new Mm -hmm. and then I try to then translate it and share it with authors. Mm -hmm. And, um, there are people that I've now I've found that I had to create some groups too. So I've I created my own mastermind with business people and I was part, I am part of an editor group and we've Mm -hmm. been talking on Slack for years and it's fabulous, but you're right. I'm not, it's not that I outgrew it. It's just there are aspects where I thought, well, I need the, now the business people who are also, especially female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and I learned from other business women. Yes. not just people in the editing space. Yes. And so you do, you begin to find where you maybe have holes for a lack of a better yeah. word. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. let me fill those because <laughs> we're always growing. Yes. We're always hitting, we're hitting metrics of success. And then we have to create new ones, right? Yes, absolutely. You yeah. published twice. I mean, yeah. I'm sure at one point just publishing the book was your first, like, I'll feel successful when I publish it. Yes. And you <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. And my next, um, my next task is I'm working on a Vela series, which is coming around very slowly because boy, when you are a uh, indie author, it sure does. You know, I I don't have anyone working for me. I mean, I work of course with editors and, and, you know, hired somebody to do my book cover and things like that. But when I, I am basically self-promoting and, you know, doing all Mm -hmm. the business stuff. And so, it's exhausting, um, you know, also being a parent and a wife yes. and all these other things going on. Um, but yeah, I'm working on a, a Kindle Vela series just to see if I can uh, gain some more readership and audience, you know, in oh. my genre. Um, and also Kindle Vela specifically. Yeah, Kindle Vela specifically. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I, well, I, I go back and forth between Wattpad and Kindle Vela. We'll see where it lands. But right now I'm aiming for Kindle Vela. Um, and just um, really quick for yeah, sure. anyone who's not familiar, 
Kindle Vela, I actually discovered it a few months back and I was pleasantly surprised with it. It is, it's like some of those platforms where you unlock chapters at a time. So you, the readers have what coins or something Correct. of that nature. Of um, like that. And then you get to unlock chapters. So the very first chapter of a book is free to introduce you to a new author. Yeah. And then if I you like it, we just keep Locking. Yeah, the first three oh, chapters. Three chapters. Oh, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that is a really neat, that's really interesting. Um, I'm glad that you're trying that because I really yeah. I can't wait. I'm gonna have to interview again after you do it. And <laughs> yeah, like, we'll what see was how that? It goes. Like, I'm very, I mean, if you do Wattpad, let me know too. But yeah, Kindle Vela is an interesting, especially now because I feel like it's yeah, people are still just tapping into it. Yeah. So it's, it's like a good time to be. Yeah. Um and then yeah, you can really you can get immediate feedback from those off mm-hmm. or those readers. Like mm-hmm. what are they reading it again? Are they picking up the next chapter? And, and you can build community and see what are they, what are their favorite parts of the story? Exactly. Um, which is very, that's pretty neat. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. for you for that. Thank that's you. Cool. Thank you. Do you yeah, have that's to my... write the whole book ahead of time? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually what I have decided to do is write most of the book ahead of time, but I, okay. but it's not really created for that. Right. So in serialized content, right. for the most part, people yeah. just, you know, put themselves on a, on a path to writing every week and, and just holding themselves yeah. accountable. So everybody does it a little differently. Yeah. I decided, however, because I know that at the end, uh, I can uh, convert the after so much time of it being on Kindle Vela, I can right. convert it to an actual uh, book to sell. Right. So yeah. um, I would like it to be flushed out in terms of yes. the story. Yeah. And so I'm working with developmental editor and, an, and an, a copy editor on that. And so for yeah. me, I'm trying to get ahead of the game because I will be honest, I'm a procrastinator. Yes. <laughs> so as much as a serialized <laughs> content, and I, if, even if I say set the deadlines and put it in my calendar that I have to upload yeah. a chapter by this date, I need buffer. So I'm trying yes. to create as many, at least get halfway through the book and then start smart. adding it as I Yeah, can. very smart. Um, <laughs> I wish I could be one of those people that could just do it every week. And, you know, that's what they do. But I, yeah. I know that I, who I am as a person and I've come to terms with it. And I know that I need yes. a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, I would be the same, except I would still probably end up writing it up until that minute. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it needs to go up. I'm sure uh, I'll be editing last minute, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's re- that's going to be a neat experience. I yeah. can't wait to hear about how that goes for Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, and you're going to publish under the same name, I assume? Yes, correct. I am going to keep okay. J.H. lying as the... as the Because nice. um, it is going to be a paranormal romance. It's a little darker okay. than the one that I'm working on. It's a little different. Ooh, cool. um, so we'll see. <laughs> that's ex- that's very exciting and I was so that's fabulous to know because I was curious what's next for you yeah. um I did have I want to go back because we did sort of talk about how this the hybrid path was so different um yes. in a lot of people and I think it's because there are there are concerns that people have about like what are you supposed to watch out for when it comes to a publishing mm. Um, you either go traditional and you might get an agent, you might not, but Mm. you get the publishing company covers all the costs and you might get advance in many cases these days. I feel like very small or none, um, Mm -hmm. especially smaller press. Mm -hmm. So you might not get an advance, but at least the company is 
paying for all of the the editing, the book formatting, the cover, the copy editing, all of it. Yeah. Um, but then you share royalties with them. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, you know, well, and then let me say, and then self-publishing, you pay for everything yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. You find your whole team, you have to build it out, which is Correct. difficult. Correct. And, but you own all the rights and you're not sharing royalties with anyone. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what that sort of looked like in this case of the hybrid publisher. Sure. Um, so again, um, I think it really helped that I ran the campaign, right? So the Indiegogo okay. campaign, and I think now they're using attendees. Okay. It's a different model of uh, more of a creating an event around your launch. Um, okay. Oh, but regardless, oh. it's a campaign um, platform. Yeah. So um, I think that, I mean, you know, you have to watch out. Of course, I was skeptical at first and I was like, is this a scam? Um, But I did my research. You have to do your due diligence, right? You have to understand, first of all, what is a hybrid publisher, right? Um, They should be upfront about it, uh, what the costs are. They were very clear in the contract that I I always had my rights and that I could get out of it at any time, actually. So this That's was the other really thing. really good. Yeah, this is yeah. the other thing. I mean, I had to pay, of course, for certain things, obviously. Right, because you like the editor saying, right? hey, you guys created this package. Right. You're right. going to do it for me. I don't have to go find these people. So it's the same as self-publishing in a way, but they have it all ready right. for you. Right. And the, the the nice thing is there was an out. So I said, oh, there's not really an out, right? Like you, you do this campaign and then you, you got to get mm. your books to people. Well, um, they told us, they said, you know, if you decide, let's say you only get 20 people to buy your book, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's not enough to cover the cost of your campaign. Mm-hmm. They said, we can refund the money to those folks and you can walk away. So mm, I nice, love yeah. that model because it was kind of peace of yeah. mind because, you know, everybody's afraid, or at least the people that I was with, they were afraid to, you know, go out there and ask for of money course. alongside me. Some people, most people were afraid. So I think that that was peace of mind. And then even up until the end, you know, if you decided to walk away, there was a point where you could still walk away, even if you had run the campaign and you've done, you've done all these things. Um, And actually at one point I had to delay because I had Mm. some personal things going on and they allowed me to delay my launch uh, of my book. And and I stopped for the summer and I got back into it in the fall. Mm -hmm that was for my first book. So I think that, you know, upfront, right. They should be upfront and Mm -hmm. honest. Um, a hybrid company, they are going to ask you for money because you're paying them to find all of the resources, but doing your due diligence, uh, get it, get a recommendation from somebody who's used Mm -hmm. the hybrid publisher, you know, Mm -hmm. stay away from scams. Um, review the contracts. Exactly. Review the contracts. Um, you know, it, and that's, and weigh the pros and cons because you probably, yep. so you probably can do it for less as a self-published author than going to a hybrid publisher. And that's, I mean, I think hybrid publishing, they estimate costs between eight and $10,000 when okay. it, all the conferences I had gone to and the research. Yeah. So, um, you know, but when, with self-publishing, you know, you can get around certain things, but the reality is you still need to hire people. You don't really want to do it all yeah. on your own. You still need to hire editors. You really do. If you want to be taken seriously, um, if you want to learn or you want to grow. So there is still a cost. Mm -hmm. And also there's 
the software, right? And when you're a self-published author, which I'm now starting to invest in some funding uh, for funding software, because, you know, Pro Writing Aid, mm-hmm. for example, I, I purchased yeah. that recently um, because I am going to be doing this a lot more on my yeah. own. Um, right. So trying to figure out and ways takes- to save costs. Exactly. And, um, you know, and it's also if you're self-publishing and you're finding your own team, um, that can be really great if you Mm -hmm. really love having every tiny little ounce of control, which is why a lot of people like Mm self-publishing. But also that can be really overwhelming when you have to find all the different people involved and you're like, how do I know if they're any good? Um, And you have to figure it out, especially if you don't know many people, which is goes back to like why community is great so you can get yes. these recommendations but mm-hmm. if you don't know mm-hmm. at least then this hybrid company was able to say hey we built the team for you yes. and we are going to commit and ensure that these people are really good mm-hmm. and you're going to be happy with the product exactly so i'm sure there's a layer of that too absolutely so that's really interesting um yeah. i'm glad to hear that it was a really good experience for you what was the name mm-hmm. of the press again sure it's new degree press that is the um yeah. the publisher that I went with and the hybrid publisher. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, and now, but it sounds like for, if you go on Duke Kindle Vela, you're mm-hmm. going to do a lot of this by yourself. I am so I'm hearing solo. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I don't exactly know what that looks like. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of authors I've heard create their own press, um, you know, so that they can publish yeah. under their own Um, I don't think I'm going to do that, but you know, let's stay tuned because (laughs) I might learn some advantages (laughs) of pros and cons of doing all of these different things, but yeah, I'm going to try this next uh, round. Um, And I do, I do still owe readers a book three for my tethered soul series. Okay. I needed to put the vampires down for a moment. I needed, I had, I have three, um, brewing in my mind I know where Mm. I know where the end goal is um but I needed to put Gabe and Amber to the side for a moment and work on this other book that kept um coming up for me and just like I have a strong desire to get my soul warrior out there so I love that yeah (laughs) and uh I think it's really important as writers that we lean into what gets us moving Mm -hmm. what brings us joy what makes it what gives us the energy to keep going. And so sometimes we do need a little break, especially when you are in the position you are where you're, I mean, with any publishing, but I Mm -hmm. think with indie publishing specifically, you're in that book so much before it goes out in the world. You're there (laughs) (laughs) so long. Oh yeah. Yeah, So you just, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to love this book again, but you know, it's so true. So true. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting that you're doing that. So I I can't wait to see when you release stuff on Kindlevella. But until mm-hmm. then, people can read Bound mm-hmm. as book one of the Tethered Soul series, mm-hmm. and then Unraveled, which just came out in March yes. of 2023. That's awesome. Um. Okay. To wrap this up, I just wanted to say if there is one piece of advice that you would give either someone else or you, your past self, that would have helped you in your mm. your path, made a huge difference, some sort of game changer in pursuing this career as being an author, what would that be? Mm. That's a great question. I think for sure, one thing that has helped me is I journal a lot. 
So I think self-reflection is very important, but at some point also you need to step out of your comfort zone. It's Mm -hmm. all about what we're talking about and, um, and join community. And then the third would be, um, write (laughs) because if you're not (laughs) writing, um, you're not going to read Yeah. You're not, um, not going to go anywhere. Goal, right? Um, right. And I find it, I yeah. find it, um, you know, challenging sometimes. I think some people have this notion that you have to write every single day. And if you don't, oh, mm. you'll never produce. Mm. Um, I don't think that's true because I think we're all wired differently. So you have to find a rhythm and a cadence that works for you. And so yes. I think just being open to hearing about how people manage their time and how people go about their author journey, but then do what's best for you and find a rhythm that's best for you. Like I said, nine to 11 PM, you know, sometimes 12 AM, that's when I was writing and that worked best for me. And some people can wake up really early. I can't. Some people can do it at five in the morning. That's great. No, no find <laughs> good for those people. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Find your cadence, though. Yeah, I love that. It's very true. You, uh, that's one of my biggest things that I really, I just really love teaching authors and working with them through it. Is look as much as I'm going to give advice, and when I talk to authors and work with their books or teach, it's it's like what you said when you heard. Um, what was her name? Thompson. Oh uh, yeah. Jennifer Thompson. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, uh, Thompson. Jennifer Thompson. Mm-hmm. And you heard her again and you were like this, this way. She said at this time, at this point in my life, mm-hmm. opened me up and I saw this new thing, this new yeah. version, it clicked. And I feel that you can hear something so many times, mm-hmm. but you have to, it has to be at the right point in your life. Yes. And you also have to recognize it just because it works for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Yes. But be allow yourself to say is there another way I could be doing this and and would it work better? Yeah. And that's absolutely. like the best part of growing. I think that's what you've clearly done over and over for the past few years, past <laughs> decade, but really <laughs> in the past few years you've made these big strides. Once yeah. you once you committed Mm-hmm. It only took a couple of years and then you got this book out there and now yeah. you've set two books and you're working on your next series. I mean, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's very awesome. It's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Yeah. Something I, you know, it's surreal. I'll say that much. Yeah. <laughs> that's fabulous. That's, that's the dream, you know, yeah. to be in the middle of experiencing that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. Kate. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. It was really, really eye opening, really fascinating. I love hearing what's worked for you and your experience of publishing. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show with you. And it's great. Of course. Awesome. Well, writer, I hope you enjoyed that interview just as much as I loved interviewing Jill. To follow Jill and check out her books, please be sure to go to www.jhlying. It's J-H-L-A-I-N-G author.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at the same name and Facebook. So J-H-Lying author for Instagram, Facebook, and her website. Again, be sure to check out her latest book, Unraveled, the Tethered Soul series. That is currently 99 cents if you're listening to this of the week of April 20th. 
2023. But start with book one, read the whole series, and then follow JH to see what she does next. I'm so excited to bring you this author interview series. I will have more guests coming up in the future. And if you or someone you know would be an amazing featured guest because their book is just releasing, especially within the last few months or about to release the next couple, I would love to interview them for my podcast. Just send me a note. Go to my website at katiemccoach.com and just fill out the contact form and I'll get in touch. Until next time, writer, keep growing. <laughs> <laughs>